0: everybody, and welcome to another episode of the .NET on AWS show. I'm your host, Brandon Minnick, and with me today is our favorite guest co-host of the world, James Easton. James, how was Hello. your week?
1: My week is going okay so far, actually. Yeah. Um, I feel like the weather's warming up. It's not cold anymore, although it's raining. So, you know, take what you can. Warmer weather, but wetter weather. We'll take what we can for now.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm are in the I, UK is- as well, right? You're...
0: I was gonna say, yeah, I'm I'm here in London, so I've got a fancy hotel room behind me instead of my normal streaming setup. Uh but yeah, I mean I was walking around last night, I had a pea coat on, long sleeves, scarf, hat, gloves. So not sure what you mean by warm, but
1: <laughs> I'm from California. <laughs> yeah, there we are. That's why it's warm. Yeah, four or five degrees. I'm like, yes, it's warm now. <laughs>
0: Woo. Yeah, usually the low this time of year in Northern California where I'm at
1: is, is about the same as the high here. So the job. And I'm in the north of England, so I've got even even, you know, you're even warmer than I am. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically sweating. sweat <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> so as you know, James, we always like to kick off the show with a couple of announcements. And It's awesome having you here because you are kind of the serverless .NET guy uh, at AWS. And what I wanted to share with folks this week is our .NET 8 support for AWS Lambda. And in fact, you probably know more about this than I do. But what what I wanted to share with folks is we do have an open tracking ticket that our amazing engineer Norm has opened up so we can all uh, keep eyes on what's going on. But long story short, sounds like we're going to GA in February. Is that right, James?
1: End of February is currently what we're tracking for. Yes, Amazon Linux 2023 has been a lot of fun so far. So yeah, there's a couple of um, issues that Norm goes into in this thread to do with some changes we've had to make to the runtime to handle some um, different intricacies with Amazon Linux 2023. But yeah, end of the month. Um, is it February yet? No, it's not. Ignore that. End of next month. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. I'm two days ahead of myself. End of next month, it's not the really end of
0: February. Yeah, you're right. That's alright. I mean, you know, February is a short month anyway, so yeah. we're basically a month away. Uh, but yeah, this is really exciting. I know I've been looking forward to updating all of my apps for uh, to .NET eight and using the managed runtime. And you know, if if, if you do want to get started, if we have any .NET uh, .NET eight on Lambda fans the aws toolkits already been updated norm has uh, a lot of information here on how you can actually start trying it out there's going to be some workarounds right now and you know long story short they they had to push it back a little bit to make our lives better so there was a couple of performance degradations that were found in the new uh, linux runtime on aws but looks like we've got all that fixed and they've even reached out to the microsoft team the net team to even get the workarounds fixed in, in the actual tooling. So very, very exciting. So I've dropped a link here in the chat. So feel free to subscribe to this. You can also, if you scroll down, there's tons and tons of good advice about folks testing it out. And, you know, you might hit a couple of the same problems they've hit and all these solutions are here. So dive on in, check it out. .NET 8 is coming real, real soon as a managed runtime to AWS Lambda.
1: Sometimes.
0: And uh, James, you mentioned I'm here in London. Why am I here in London? Because we're going to the same place, right? We are both. We are both going
1: to the same <laughs> place, which is NDC London. Um, yeah, you've got a little bit further to travel than I do, which is, I guess, why you've come in early. But yeah, NDC London this week. I'm super excited, actually. It's going to be, I've been to NDC Oslo. Um, this will be my first time at NDC London, both as, a, as an attendee and also as a speaker um uh, my first time speaking at ndc so i'm super super excited it still feels a little bit surreal actually i know when i got the the email that you talk has been selected i was like wait what ndc what? <laughs> <laughs> it feels a little bit crazy but uh yeah i'm super excited it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i love it this is
0: oh gosh probably my third or fourth time coming to ndc london but it's it's always an amazing time uh if if you are around if you're in the area if you're close enough to have a quick train ride a a quick flight uh, come out to NDC london there's some of the best speakers in the world and not just not just saying that because me and james are presenting <laughs> but truly they get some of the smartest best people in the world to come out there's workshops actually going on today and tomorrow which unfortunately if you're watching this you've probably already missed the workshop today but uh wednesday thursday friday awesome awesome talks from super smart people uh there's a a big party Thursday night, they do a big dinner Wednesday night. So lots of fun events. You'll get to meet amazing people. And if you do happen to make it out, come swing by the.NET on AWS booth. You can come see me and James and we'll we'll talk shop. So hopefully we'll see you here. Definitely. Well, James, without further ado, we have a super amazing guest this week that want to welcome to the show. We have the CTO of Uno Platform, Jerome. Welcome hey Brandon to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. I feel very honored. I think you might be our first CTO guest in the history Am of dotnet on AWS show. So it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a tough one to beat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay. Uh, well, there are many larger CTOs that can there
0: Very <laughs> good but you know, I'm I'm honored to be here. Yep, you know, that's fine. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. And so drum for folks who may not have met you might not have met you yet who are you and what do you do
2: so uh yeah my name's jerome so i'm a cto of a platform i've been uh you know in the .NET world since 1999 or something the betas of uh of .NET. so it's been a while i've been doing most of it uh you know using .NET, contributing to uh to .NET for a very long time uh i think my first comments in the in in mono were date back from 2003 or two i don't remember to, uh, Doing some IPv6 at the time that, that was not there, um, and uh, and NetBSD uh, GC work at the time, so it was uh, very nitty gritty details. <laughs> um, so uh, moved along and you know, uh, be, you have know, been an MVP for quite a while as well uh, for uh, for C sharp and uh, and bugging Matt Sorensen and the, the C sharp team about the <laughs> C sharp features like async void and others, um, <laughs> and uh, you have know, been a have been also a uh, uh done an architect and developer for a, for a company called inventive uh, that was uh, developing applications for uh, for for windows phone at the time uh, then uh, windows 8 10 and uwp and when you know moving along and uh, and we we started um, you know creating a, a framework that was called uh, that that is now called Uno platform uh, that was about doing c sharp xaml uh, c sharp and or xaml now uh, on on as many platforms as possible uh, because we had clients that were asking us, well, you do know how to do you do you know how to make applications, uh, mobile applications on on Windows Phone. Can you can you make some on on Android and iOS? And uh, we started saying, well, we have all those all this code that was on on iOS and Android. Why can't we just take it uh, on on I'm sorry, code on Windows. Uh, why why can't we take it over to iOS and Android? And then that's where we started doing the uh, the UWP conversion. Uh, of applications at the time um, so since then we've been you know evolving per, and uh and making the platform uh from private source to public source it's a now a um uh an apache 2 licensed uh uh platform for uh for for users to use and uh and you know in, that, in all their projects without any any fear of uh of having to pay anything uh on on, on that side so that that's very nice and we've been uh, adding support for a lot of plat- a lot of new platforms we have uh so ios android catalyst now um we have also WebAssembly that's uh, that's used a lot uh you new know, for uh for developers that are uh, publishing application on the web um and and wanting to use all the code that they have and of course being able to deploy on uh, on on various platforms like aws and 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 uh, uh and azure and others um and uh uh, and also uh, Linux. That's also a very big part of our uh, of our uh, uh, use, uh, u- code base and uh, user base uh, that want to deploy their their .NET applications on on Linux, uh, and and various embedded environments like Raspberry Pis and and, and variety of of you uh, boards and embedded boards that are running on very weird environments that you're not used to see when you're developing. So that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of, of of things that we have in our in our back. Uh, or uh, Uno is also a platform. Uh, so we're having a lot of things like you know, the UI part of Uno, which is uh WinUI based, uh, that does uh, you know, standard development for application. But also we have uh, um, a C sharp markup uh, framework that allows to just ditch the XAML part and go to uh, to develop without any any XML and just use plain C sharp. We have a uh, a set of tools and extensions that allows developers to go you know uh, uh, develop their application faster. Uh, we have also some tooling around Figma that uh, allows to take uh, some designs in Figma and port them over to uh, to your application, where it, whether it's using XAML or C sharp can be can be both ways. Uh, we have also in, in a framework that uh, that's called MVUX that can go uh, and and you know, relieve you from having to do I property change and I collection change and be all immutable and uh, reactive uh, without having to use any uh you know, fully immutable things that we can see in the in the flutter world that can be can be a pain for state management um and uh yeah that's that's the whole thing so working on all that uh <laughs> and uh having a lot of fun you know with net and uh you know a great team of uh of uh of many people working on it we have a lot of mvps on the on the uno team so that's that's always fun to have you know, be challenged technically and uh you have a lot of uh, a presence around uh, the .NET ecosystems. That That's nice. That's a, a long-term <laughs> long yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a lot there. .NET everywhere is, the, is my key takeaway there.
0: Yes, so. .NET everywhere. Exactly. Absolutely. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today. We see a lot of first-timers in the comments. And James, you even got a call out here in the comments. Yeah.
1: Java.NET, yeah. which one is it? I feel like I've been outed. the pieces <laughs> of content on Java and suddenly I'm having to make these kind of choices. .NET always, of course. And I'm not- There saying, we go. I'm
0: not just that. <laughs> Or Rust. You I you've been doing a lot
1: of Rust lately. A lot of Rust. Now that, now, 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 rust, now that could be an interesting question. .NET and Java, definitely not. <laughs> Getting spicy. So Of course.
0: So, Jerome, it sounds like Uno can basically do everything on every platform. Uh, but- where uh where should we start today? I know there's so many things to talk about so many things to show off uh should we bring up your screen and jump straight in uh yeah sure we could we could do that um you know, i, I can probably walk you through and one of the things that
2: people have been asking a lot lately is uh is all about you know running something in applications directly uh using c sharp and uh i've uh, you know we we've been showing that demo a little bit on and off depending on uh, depending on uh, the the shows that we that we go through going through but you know, maybe it's just some of the users that are that are looking through uh here may, may have a different question. So I'm gonna I'm going just gonna show you what we have, you know, kind of with hot reload and C sharp uh, uh, and C sharp markup and see what we can do with C sharp and those ML. That's the that's the kind of thing that we can do. Also, we can take a look at uh another feature afterwards, which is called a uh, Maui embedding, um, which is all about you know getting uh a Maui ecosystem uh, uh reused into into Uno. Um and uh yeah, that's the kind of uh Kind of thing that we can go through uh, with a little bit of web assembly of course. <laughs> so that's that. Uh, it's going to be fun.
0: Sounds good. Well, I'll bring up you your screen now. And for the folks joining us on the audio podcast, we'll be doing our best to dictate what we're seeing, what's going on on Jerome's screen. Uh, but feel free to come join us on Twitch to watch the video back if there's even more you want to check into that maybe you couldn't visualize in your mind on the audio podcast. But Jerome, yeah, the floor is I'll I'll
2: try to uh, to explain in detail as much as possible so that uh, you know. In general, we don't say the things that we're showing because it's duplicates. But in context, it makes sense <laughs> to be able to do this. So so yeah. So one of the things that that people have been asking us is is all about making sure that you know they they, they being clear that some of the a portion of the uh, the audience you know that are doing that they don't like they don't like XAML. Yeah, That's the that's the thing. They 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 don't want to have to learn a second language. Uh, you know they don't have to. They don't want to you. Know, have to learn the intricacies of everything that, that that's going around there. And what we did basically is create a, a, a uh, one-to-one mapping with uh, with the uh, the XAML uh, structure, if you will. So it kind of looks the same when you're looking at XAML, but um, uh, with the type safety and um, uh, the support for also uh, separate libraries. So we've been doing something that uh, you can see here. Uh, there's a, the, the constructor and there's the main page uh with the uh, with the definition of the background so and the content. So basically we're saying we're setting the background, we're saving content, we're setting a stack panel. It's on text inside. And that will show up. and if you look at if you look at uh at XAML, it's gonna look close really uh to what we're we're showing with, with net uh with uh, with the XAML but it's all C sharp and the cool thing is that if you have a separate library you can also you uh you your library you're gonna you're gonna be able to have all those things with the extensions that we' sh- that I'm showing in, uh, on screen but just uh let, let's let's start and see and see what that does so i can just start my application this is we're gonna be demoing a simple calculator that uses some of the technologies that are uh, inside of uno and um what i'm do- gonna be doing is just i'm gonna be starting the app and never stopping it that's the that's the idea behind, <laughs> behind the uh the that that kind of uh hot reload feature.
0: So let me just lay on my yeah, screen a little bit. As a so, long-time developer myself, that's <clears throat> always one of the things I've been most jealous of, uh, specifically around like when I see web developers or JavaScript yes. developers. Like, yeah, I'm never going to go to JavaScript. <laughs> I'm .NET forever. But when you see them being able to just make a change, save the file, and it appears right away without having to recompile everything, yes. you're on a slow computer. like yeah, you know, I've been making some training videos the uh, last couple of weeks, and when I'm sharing my screen, recording my screen, recording audio, recording video, and compiling at the same time. Gosh, it feels like my compiler takes minutes sometimes. <laughs> Just
2: like Definitely.
0: this is forever. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And hot reload has been has been making great strides there. And and there are some very cool updates that are coming up in, in Visual Studio 179. I'm, I'm gonna show you that quickly. It's uh very cool stuff. Um so w- what I'm able to do here is just say, so let me just make sure. So we have an reload on and save. So if I if I just say you know, hello.net2, just press save and then my content is gonna be updated right away in the on the site. So that's the kind of things that we're doing here. So the thing is that uh, the context is being reevaluated every time. Um and we're we're making our best to make sure that everything stays the same and that you're not losing anything. So what I'm gonna do is just uncomment pieces of the code here so that it, it looks better. So I can start by adding a block that will define kind of a, my layout for a calculator. So I can add resources. I can add backgrounds here. You can see that the theme background brush uh, for materials are already you know uh, defined statically uh, and 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 with type safety. So you you can enumerate the content there. Uh, you know, if you if you look here, you get disabled disabled low, things like that. Think things that you have a bit more trouble to do with uh, with xml but that that's there uh, automatically. There's also the data context support. So uh, if you define data context, and I'm going to be changing that later on, you can have uh, you can pass around the data context, and it's typed, you know, it's typed, so you don't have to guess around what needs to happen. Um, so I'm going to be uncommenting the pieces that uh, show my content. So if I just press Save here for the keypad header and output, and when I press Save again, you can see that the layout changed uh, once more. So mm-hmm. I don't have my keypad, it's there, but you know, I'll be adding that afterwards. Uh, so, every time I just press save, there's a new update of the UI that happens. It'll just refresh my UI almost, almost, almost instantly. And that, that's pretty cool. Um, so, you can see you know, things like vertical alignment backs with row definitions using syntax like this you know, uh, that's defined generally in, in XAML. Um, so, now I'm going to be what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be adding a, uh, a keypad here. And the, the interesting thing about uh, doing things like this with C is that you don't necessarily need to have templates. Uh, That's something that that, uh, .NET devs and and WPF developers have been doing for a while, is that you define a template and then you rerun the thing. But in here, you don't need to do this. You just call the method again. It's pretty much what that is. Uh, And here, when I have my keypad button, I can set a command. I can set command parameters. uh, The font size, the height, things like that, it will just define um, uh, properly, but it's not a template per se. So I'm doing the the same thing for the primary buttons. And then I can define... Uh, my complete keypad here so when i have my keypad defining rows with the secondary buttons primary buttons and things like that and when i press save uh, i have my keypad that just opens up instantly so that and it's it's uh it's uh uh, showing up properly so don't mind the slowness here it's because of the i'm on the separate machine and it just shows up like this but um so that's that's where um I can see things like this. So, and probably, you know, if I if I didn't like the the font size of my secondary button, I could just change it change it uh, right away, and it would just show up instantly. So that that's the kind of things you know going back and forth to be to be able to update. But since this is not uh, just uh, you know, it, it's it's simply C sharp, and then there's C sharp um, hot reload. We can do more things. So let's say I comment out my header here, and uh, and uh, title there. Just is going to be showing the content uh, completely for my calculator. So Now, when I save, I'm going to have uh, the, the text for my calculator as well as a theme-changing feature at the top. So, of course, right now it doesn't do anything because it's not bound to any data or any view model. Uh, and uh, I'm going to add the 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 support for, uh, for a view model. So my view model is commented out, so that means it's not even compiled yet. And that's where it 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 splits between you know, having the UI and having the, the the code there because before you had XAML hot reload which is just hot XAML. so now you can edit the code you know, and add new features there so if I if I comment my class here and save it doesn't do anything but it compiled you can uh, you will be able to see what doesn't save because it did already did it already uh, but we're uh, we're adding uh, features from what we're calling NVUX which is um, state management and uh, immutable things and you know, making sure that uh, you don't have to do I not far change. So you can see here this is a record. Uh, it's completely completely immutable and we're I'm going to be binding this to the UI.
0: Yeah, do so I this have... is using the MVU model view update architecture then.
2: Yeah, it's close to MVU but we're calling MVU X because we're, uh, we're everything is immutable. So uh, you, you're you're able to do things that what would you, would you would do in kind of a uh completely immutable models. Um I've I a blank here, but uh, uh when you're doing everything like in Flutter or other languages like React, you have a, a a model that's everything's immutable, but you have to refresh the UI every time and modify your whole uh data data hierarchy in in one go. This is not the case here. It can be can be partial, it can be full. Uh, and and uh, we're just binding to a state that's managed completely by UX underneath. Um, but as a developer you don't need to manipulate all of this it's just handled by itself and the calculator itself is also an immutable uh, an immutable piece here uh, so it 's a record and everything's initialized and you don't need to modify anything so when we're calling something on the commands here we're just creating a new version of the calculator that contains the last state of the computation that's the that's the main idea and that is Pretty much bound to the UI, and then every time there's an update, the UI will be updating
0: itself with the value,
2: the latest value of the calculator.
0: So, yeah, yeah. And go ahead. So, drum. Uh, uh, I I would imagine most C sharp developers uh, are most familiar with MVVM, like that's what we yeah. use in WinForms, MPF, I've exactly. been using in Xamarin and .NET Maui for almost a decade now. So, uh, what what is probably your biggest favorite thing about uh, switching from MVVM to MVU? Uh, well, the most important part here is well,
2: so that's the thing. It's it's we're we're it's we're calling it MVUX because it's different from the MVU, MVU part. So let's say the important part here is that you don't, you don't see the plumbing that makes everything work. That's that's the that's the important part. And let let me show you to make it more clear for the for the for the listeners and, and viewers. I'm going to be changing this and mapping it to the UI so that you can actually see what that means here. So. Uh, when I want to change the the data context that I hear that was just there for, for the the start of the demo, I'm going to be using a bindable main model instead, and I'm going to be placing everything inside of that file. And when we search for the uses of that that context, so let's say for instance, if I look at the um, the header, for instance, or another header, the output. I think it says I'm binding the output to uh, the equation here and the output of the the uh, the content and we can look at the, and when we look at the calculator that thing is completely immutable so we're binding the text of the equation and the output to um to our calculators calculator sorry so uh when i'm updating all of this now it should be uh it does the uh the computations you can see that the content is bound directly and i have my expression that's at the top and the output that's at the back. Now, to answer your question about what makes it different and what makes it useful in between the two, is that if you're a, an MVVM developer, binding like this will make sense because it, it looks like what MVVM does. And you know, underneath the MVVM tooling, the MVUX tooling that we we're developing is using pretty much the same foundation as MVVM. So it's using data binding, it's using identity, fabricated, things like that underneath, but you're not seeing all of this. Now, if we move to the model side, because it's a record, you're not—you don't have to say anything in regards to what needs to be updated. So we create a state here that says uh, for the dark value here. We create a state that says uh, it's false by default, but when I click it, it's bound to the button that's there, and it changes from dark to light, and it—you don't have to do anything. Um, and that's—that's that's the biggest difference between the MVU X in that side and MVVM is that. You don't have to manage the plumbing, um, and in a sense, when you're doing MVV MVU, you have to manage plumbing as well because you say you have to push content to the UI. So that's the pushing part to the UI that's not there. You don't have to do all of that. That's the that's what makes it very different from both models, and that's why we're calling it MVUX. It's closer to MVU, but it's <laughs> you don't have the plumbing to do. You you don't have to say is dark is bound to that UI element. It's just defined in the UI.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so for folks listening to the audio podcast, if you're familiar with uh, bindings and MVVM, usually we call those out directly and we use strings to basically point to our properties in the view model. Uh, But what, what we're looking at here is not really a binding, how you normally think of it. Uh, rather, it's just an action or a function where we have an anonymous method. We point directly to the property in the view model or the model that we're binding to, and the value just updates for us. <laughs> exactly, that's
2: exactly right. And, and it, that the important part is really the fact that it's it's a it's hypes expression here. Uh, you don't have to guess, uh, you know, what you're binding. is that that's something that happens when you're doing XAML. You you may not uh, you may not you have the 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 whole expression. It will kind of guide you in some ways, but not always. So that's what uh, that's what p- that, that part is going to be is going to be giving for the for the developers. Um. So yeah, that's the that's the 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 way we're doing things here. And you you see, I haven't updated anything. You know, I've not stopped the application started. You know, I'm modifying things all around. It kind of works. You know, by itself. <laughs> you don't need to to do anything here. So we we made a lot of work to make all of this hot reloadable. Uh, so you don't have to restart the app. Uh, it's actually pretty pretty, pretty important on uh, on on targets for which for which the build is is a bit longer. Um, you know, on mobile sometimes it's a it's a bit longer,
0: so it's a particularly important. And yeah, and uh, yeah. question for Jerome. So when I've used uh, C sharp hot reload, uh, when when I'm in Visual Studio, I always have to click that hot reload button that one that looks like a fireball at the top. Yes, I haven't seen you click that yet. No, because uh, what's going uh, on here? A- hot reload on file
2: save that's enabled what
0: here. what did that <laughs> how long has that been there
2: uh actually since the beginning if i remember correctly or maybe it was oh, not man. working properly but the, the thing is that it's it's hidden behind the uh you know the little arrow on the side so they're not yeah. it's not, not super visible but that that's the thing it's just uh you press save and it just applies the whole thing at the right place, so I'm the, cu- I'm the curious only... as to why that wouldn't be the default. Like
1: what, what, it, yeah. what, <laughs> you, <I> <laughs> you, what would you want without reward? <laughs> I think
2: it is the default. I think, oh, um, but in, it, now it is may not have been since you know uh, since the beginning. So because it may not have been super stable at the beginning, but now it's a lot better. So uh, so yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely definitely better now, um, and, and and it's evolving. It's evolving because you know there are a few things that, that are not possible. Um, that are that are causing issues you know, in, in in current version of Visual Studio, like uh, if you're making lambda that captures this or another parameter, it will kind of you can do it once, but you cannot undo it uh, but then the next version of Visual Studio is going to allow for this so you 're going to be able to capture lambda's your current lambda that cap that captures this and parameters and things like that, and it will just work <laughs> you won 't have to do anything so it kind of a it will enhance the experience quite dramatically.
0: Love it I can already feel my productivity increasing as we speak <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> definitely um one, one thing that, uh, that people are, are asking
2: uh, quite often is you know, you know do you support you know, theming and, and and yes we do um so I'm, I'm just going to be adding the is dark uh theme here Oh, and I'm trying to show you one more thing that's next to it but uh here I can just add a a, a thing that we have that's called um the theme service that's part of Uno. Uh, that will allow you for tracking the the active theme. And uh, now, if I press the, the button, I have my theming that changes, and the calculator you know goes away. And so, and it goes into uh, both modes. So it will follow the default theme for the for the app uh, for the system if, by default, but if you you can change it if you want um, by by clicking that button. And the cool thing about you know hot reload that's another cool thing that's that's about hot reload is that I can do things like that because you see i added that that code uh it was not there before you know, and the breakpoints are working for the new code that's that's very nice um
0: that's that's incredible and yeah, it yeah is. For, if you're not looking at this it's it's mind blowing cuz Jerome just added it's, this is just async await c sharp logic uh and put a breakpoint on top of it and now we hit the breakpoint so we're doing uh asynchronous multi threading along with C-Sharp Hot Reload, and it's all just working. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it, it is all working. And that, that particular part is about code that was not, not there when I started the app. I edited. it, then the, the debugger, you know, the, the, the whole Rothman tooling just created the, the PDBs and symbols for all this. And you can put breakpoints into code that was not there to begin with. Uh, something that was completely un- <laughs> unheard of a, a few years back.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I remember doing. I've not done any, a lot of like mobile stuff, but I've used Blazor when Blazor first started coming out. And I remember that being one of the things you'd like, write some new code and you're like, ah, oh, I've got to stop it, start it again. But- yeah, yeah. Well, right. Blazor Blazer is supporting that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
2: very cool. Which, uh, which actually, it's a very good segue because we can, uh, we can do that on, uh, on WebAssembly as well. So if I, if I change the, the app to go to, go to the, the WebAssembly project that we have on the side here, uh, if, I do, if I do the same thing, and I, I built my app. So the WebAssembly support is based off of .NET, you know, all together, um, and uh, for Uno, but we're we're using a, a, a separate version of the runtime. Uh, that's pretty much the same as the original one, but uh, what we're doing here is um, uh, enabling uh, additional features that are not necessarily close to what Blazor is, is doing and, um, and uh, makes it, you know, uh, faster or more powerful for us. So that's why we're having our, our separate version. But that's the same calculator with the same the same kind of support uh, that's running directly on the web. So I, what, what was running before was a, um, a WPF version, a Skia WPF. So we have a, a, a rendering backend that uses Skia that can run on uh, Linux, on Windows, can run on macOS as well. Um, well, not the WPF one, but the GTK one can run on, on both targets. And we have the WebAssembly version that can run on any platform that has a WebAssembly implementation for a browser. So it can be Linux, it can be iOS, macOS, uh, it can be you know TVs, Teslas, things like that. So it can run on, on many things. That's, uh, that's pretty
1: nice. I'm already looking at all of this and thinking like my, anytime, my entire development career, anytime somebody says anything to do with visual front end to me, I'm like, uh, whether that's HTML, whether that's Xamarin, whatever that is, even Windows yeah. Forms back in the day, and see, so exactly. you just dev- define this entire really nice looking calculator just with .NET. Yes, I'm like, oh, I need to build a mobile app now. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, that's that's the thing. It's, that's, the, that's cool. the cool part. That's the cool part being able to reuse the code everywhere. That's that's been yeah, always uh, a lot of fun. Um, and and if you if you're not if you haven't seen this, we we uh, we've developed with the uh, um, uh, with the NuGet team uh, the uh, the NuGet Package Explorer that's on the web. So if you wanna if you wanna browse your packages and see what's inside and uh, and we're uh, there you get uh, you get the ability to just dive into NuGet packages. That app has been built off, off of the the WebAssembly runtime that I've been showing you. Uh, pretty much the oh, same calculator, but you have all the all the pieces that uh, allow you to you know, browse your content. See, you know, for instance, if you have a DLL and want to see what's inside that DLL, you can see all the reference assemblies, the compilation, the version numbers. Uh, you can even see all the metadata references. This is a data grid, by the way. <laughs> this is a data grid that's, uh, that's, that's, that data grid was actually developed originally for, uh, for Windows Phone or Silverlight, was it? No, Silverlight. I think it was Silverlight. Uh, it was ported over multiple times and ended up now running on WinUI. And, uh, and this is, uh, this is code that comes from the Windows Community Toolkit that we, that we're using as is on, uh, on the web. You no, know, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool.
0: Incredible. And uh, uh Giannis here in the comments says there's even a standardization going uh for Wasm. What what does this mean? And may, maybe you know, maybe you don't, Jerome. and maybe uh Janice, Giannis, uh you can chime in. Uh is there no standardization for WASM already? There is. There is. Well WASM is a standard. <laughs> so
2: no, no, okay. uh, so Wasm is the standard. So what 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 we're currently running on is the um uh, let me actually show you that. So uh the standard that we're running on is the webassembly.org/features if i remember correctly i think it's the one um so it's basically the the november uh 20 uh 2017 version of the webassembly uh, gr- group that um that uh, specified one the you know, the baseline for implementing webassembly on in browsers and uh, uh after so it was called webassembly 1.0 so it, has, it basically has uh, you know, the ability to run code, uh, interact with JavaScript, and uh, you know, uh, standard operations. Uh, you know, that would allow for running uh, directly in the browser. And then afterwards, there are uh, extensions that have been added along the way, like uh, threading, like SIMD, uh, like tel calls. Uh, you know, all those uh, new feature garbage collection that's been added recently, things like that. That kind of oh, cool. moves along. That Adds feature to the top, so makes it a bit more difficult for developers to say, "Well, I'm targeting WebAssembly, but which which subset of WebAssembly am I supporting?" <laughs> Particularly because w- when Safari is not supporting everything, uh, you kind of default with whatever most common implementation does, if you will. <laughs> right, like um, the least common denominator. Exactly. So, so in, <laughs> and in general, at this time, is Safari, <laughs> uh, which is the new IE. Issue. <laughs> internet explorer yep. uh, so that doesn't support everything but that's that's pretty much the idea with uh with safari there um and uh so that that in a sense there's a standard it's just lagging a bit behind because of the fact that some of the implementation are are, are lagging but in general it's enough and uh, we can get new cool things with threading enabled and and things like that so that's the that's the current state of uh, WebAssembly.
0: That's incredible because I remember, and I don't know a ton about Blazer, but I've heard one of the biggest complaints is about multi-threading and Blazer, and that's been a blocker for some folks. So yeah. does that mean we can now do threading and oh yeah, in oh, yeah, app? yeah, definitely. Oh, right. uh, I oh, not Blazer, so not
2: Blazer, and that's the thing. So um, I had, uh, I think I have a demo somewhere that I can show you. I think it was the uh, uh, the ray tracing. Uh, it's a it's a ray tracing uh, ray tracing demo that I had somewhere. Maybe you can find it somewhere. Uh, Uno platform, GitHub. Actually, you probably find it there. It's probably going to be easier there. Um, and uh, so, the threading support for WebAssembly uh, has been added a long time ago. <laughs> but the problem is that the uh, WebAssembly ray tracer, I think it's there. It's a little bit... Uh, I can find the sources from it. Let me navigate a little bit. Sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, WebAssembly benchmark. I think it's the one. I think I added uh, threading. There you go. There you go. That's the one. <laughs> so it's, uh, so WebAssembly has been added in, web, in, in WebAssembly a long time ago, actually. It's probably three four years ago. The thing is that the .NET team, so the runtime team, has been adding support for WebAssembly since, uh, for, for threading uh, you know, for about three years now. And the thing is that, because we're uh, we're uh, mostly on an environment with Uno and WinUI that's threaded by default, we don't have to kind of deal with all the intricacies of the way uh, Blazor has to deal with, in the sense that it's, it was meant to be running originally with a single-threaded framework. So that's the kind of thing that we we don't have to deal with from the get-go. So. When it start to started to be available in the runtime, we kind of pulled it up and made it available in .NET directly. So this is actually running multiple threads and doing uh, rendering of multiple threads in the in the web. So this is wow. uh, this is pretty cool. And if you, you know, so you can see that the CPU <laughs> is, is is pretty active at that point. Um, but that's that's to give you that it's, it really is using multiple threads in that context and. Uh, and doing, oh, this is software rendered um, ray tracing, so that's why it's 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 slow in that context. But that that's to give you an idea of the number of of things that you can do. So so Uno has support for 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 threading uh, at this point, <laughs> while while Azure still does not. But you know, I hope they will uh, will add support for it in the in, in the coming year. For, but maybe we can hope for that in a night. Maybe. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and for folks listening along, uh, what we're looking at here is multiple three D images being rendered in real time with the light source moving around and that's what drone means when with ray tracing is the beams of light and the reflections and how everything is essentially painted or drawn onto the screen and in real time using 3d graphics and it looks flawless i would <laughs> have never known <laughs> this is just yeah. run it in your browser on your computer it is it
2: is and and uh, the so you can see here that there's uh, the, the, all the workers that are that are created just to show you the, the, the number of, of threads that are running so the were the, the, the environment is able to create more thread that uh, that you can use but that's kind of thing that that is uh, in terms of implementation so this is threading is based off of web workers but kind of advanced web workers for which you new know, content can be uh, exchanged between threads uh, for which you can't really do with JavaScript <laughs> uh, but you can with webassembly
1: Incredible. Very uh, cool.
2: So yeah, so that that's the that's the WebAssembly part, and it's uh, always amazing to to be able to manage all of that. And uh, we had we have a lot of traction and uh, on the on the WebAssembly side, you know, to uh, well to be able to to uh, to run uh, content on the on the web, uh, particularly because developers you knew they want to be able to run their code and update their code whenever they want, uh, and that that's the you know, when we're comparing that to uh to the 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 mobile mobile ecosystems where um you have to go through certification process and everything that makes it a little bit more complex, even though that's gonna change in the EU, <laughs> but um uh particularly on Apple, but you know, it's uh, it still is. You have to go through some kind of vetting process that that's not there when you're deploying on your by your by yourself using uh, using the web. Um so I mean, on, on the deployment side, and that, that's probably something you, know, you, can, you can you can probably you expand for your users. But the the developers uh, that when they deploy a web a, a .NET application using a WebAssembly, what they're going to be doing is deploying an application that uses static static sites. Maybe you know, they're, they're just a, that's maybe the, the only way to describe it. You basically have a a folder that contains just HTML files, WebAssembly files. Um, on the other side, it's going to be uh, static web apps, you know, to deploy everything, and I'm assuming that on the uh, AWS side, there's something that's very similar to deploying static sites. Just just push your files and then serve the content. Is that, uh, is that something that you that you have on the AWS side? You know, a specific a specific service that users can look for to deploy something like this, or Blazor apps. I'm mean, I'm assuming.
1: James, you know what yeah. it's called for static sites. If you didn't, you could you could host a static site in S three. So you okay. can host your static site in S three, and you can put something like Amazon CloudFront in CloudFront being a CDN. Um, okay. So you can host the the raw site, if you will.
0: Okay. In, so then and you can you can
1: actually deploy Blazor wasm to um to S three. So you can compile it, and push it to S three, put CloudFront in front of it, and um yeah, there's a little bit of configuration you need to do. It's not quite as simple as I'm making it sound, but <laughs> it's entirely possible <laughs> to do that. Hey, actually, and I'll pop it in the chat. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: That, so deploying on uh, deploying on, on any kind of service that that allows for static you know, uh, static content deployment, uh, it's something that's very easy to uh, to publish. Um, you know, just uh, take the output of the build and put it anywhere that serves an HTML file, and then it will you you you'll be off to go. So there's no there's no server counterpart of any kind. You know, aside from just serving the files, that's the that's the cool part. Um. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the WebAssembly side. I I um I wanted to touch a little bit on the uh, the Maui embedding side. So for uh, for some of the developers that uh, that are doing um uh Web as- doing mobile development, uh, we recently ad- added support for uh the ability to add uh uh, sync- uh Syncfusion controls, for instance, uh and uh, being able to include, you know, for instance, you have a uh, Uh, Let me see. So that's an embedded control. I'm not going to be showing it to you right now because there's a little bit of a demo issue there. But the idea is that you can take an Uno app, which is essentially a .NET app, um, and uh, you have the ability to take MAUI controls, whether it's coming from separate vendors or uh, it can come from your own control. So, for instance, here, you can see that it's a content view vertical stack layout. This is a piece of code that comes from Maui. This is a Maui library, uh, which also contains uh, you know, uh, controls that are coming from uh, that are coming from the uh, Syncfusion controls. So this can, this kind of control can be included in, in an Uno app and used as if they were standard controls. Um, so, uh, for instance, if I go to my main page, if I think uh, that's the case here. We have, uh, what is called a Maui embedded host that's inside of a, so this is a Uno control that embeds a Maui control. So for instance, we can use a standard elevation synchronous chart here that will show the, the content that comes from Maui inside of an Uno app. And that's been asked a lot because there are some controls that are not yet available in the Uno ecosystem. And, but they are available in the Maui ecosystem. So you can pull in, uh, things that are coming from that ecosystem and, and, and make them run directly in, the, in, the, in Uno apps.
0: That's really cool. Cause because yeah, that's always one of the the toughest things with uh either changing ecosystems. If you're used to one and you know that this exists over here, yeah. why doesn't it exist over here? And but now it doesn't matter. You can just add it in using Maui embedding into your, yes. into your Uno platform
2: app. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so so just, just for developers, this is Maui. So so that means that uh it it will work for platforms that are supported by Uh, by the Uno platform directly, So uh, by MAUI, sorry. So that means that uh, since MAUI supports uh, iOS Catalyst, um, Android, and Windows, that means that we are going to be supporting that as well for those targets. Uh, If you want to have Linux and WebAssembly, then uh, for now, that's not supported until the vendors will add support for it. Um. So uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the part about the uh, the the Maui embedding. That's a cool feature that we added in uh in Uno 4.10 a while back. Um, and uh, one of the last pieces that I want to show you, uh, you know, we'll, we and we can probably talk, or you'll know, you'll go with the with the flow afterwards. Was the the support for Figma. Um, and this is mm-hmm. this is actually quite interesting. The this one is uh we we had a lot we have we're having a lot of traction around uh, around Figma uh, because there are a lot of uh, you know designers that do want to have their own design properly included into uh into Uno uh into Uno, into Uno apps and uh i wanted to show you what that means so if i i have a i have a design that's been created by by our own designers at at Uno uh and uh what we what we do here is that we have a a plugin that we can add here so if i right click here i do have plugins I can have the Uno, uh, Figma, C Sharp, and XAML. and then we'll open up a WebAssembly app that is a plugin. So we're using Uno to build Uno stuff. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is a WebAssembly app that is a plugin for Figma. Uh, Incredible. Uh, (laughs) And uh, uh, so we're basically interacting with uh, WebAssembly uh, with uh, Figma, which is also a WebAssembly app, by the way. Uh, All of this is drawn by WebAssembly. (laughs) This is uh, this. No, WebAssembly is picking up something very very nicely. Um so when we're clicking an element and we're clicking refresh here, what we're doing is basically pulling the content that's from that part of the screen from Frigma and then transforming it into an actual running app, if you will. Uh so the things here are you know clickable. Uh, you know, I can uh, I can interact with the content there. So this is this is pretty much you know making the design work instead of an app that's in WebAssembly on the side. And then once I'm done, I can take all of that, you can edit a few things in there using uh, using the Figma edition tooling, and then go to the export part, and then generate either XML if I want, uh, you know, I paste that into my app, or use C sharp and have a C sharp markup in the same way, um, and have uh, that included directly to my running app. So that's that's the uh, that's the the cool thing about manipulating the you know, designs there uh and and you know designers love it because you know they're defining the templates uh defining you know you can't have um, you know item templates that are defined there so you know, you can have repeat uh, repeat content there that's automatically imported we're mapping uh buttons directly to controls that are defined inside of inside of uno uh using uh the material uh, theme here and uh you can define your know, um localization you can define data binding and, and pieces like this like for instance you can define data context I, I don't have one here but you can define data context so that the preview here matches whatever you want to uh, match so if you have some con- custom content that's defined by your api for instance you can you know, map that in uh, into the, the the previewer here and
1: get that exported properly to your app so can i can uh, that's I just, what, that's just... what figure can do can I just confirm exactly what you did there, is wrong? Because I just—I feel like I missed something. So you had the design in Figma, yes, and then you've also generated NET code, C sharp code, yes, from the design in Figma, yes. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I felt like I looked away and missed a step. I was like, "Wow." No, that's
2: that's the it. idea. So when you have when you have some content here, basically uh, you you get your. uh Let me let me see if I can change a few things here. Uh I have uh, a bit of content there. No, that that's pretty much the. The screen's too small here, so it's going to be difficult there. But the idea is that you you when you get to your your design and you're done with your design, either you're a developer or if you're a designer, you can test out what that's going to look like inside of an actual Uno app running in, in, in Uno app. Because the previewer is what it is. It's a it's a running Uno app. And then when you're done with all this, you go to the export tool, and then it will export either C sharp or XAML. and then you can basically copy paste that into your app and just tweak it a little bit if you if you want to, and then get that get that running. That's pretty much what it is.
1: <laughs> it's very cool. It literally
0: is that simple. That's It is that that's simple. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, incredible. I always feel like this was the biggest disconnect or the, the most difficult thing as a mobile developer, because like I mentioned, I'm, I've been making iOS and Android apps for almost a decade now. And yeah, um, yeah, you'll, you'll have a designer on your team who makes this beautiful UI and they go, here you go. Now it's your job to write the code. And so many times <laughs> I've looked at that and just been like, no, <laughs> like this is so difficult to make. Uh, yeah. But if we move a couple things just a little bit in a couple places and just tweak it a little bit, then it fits the tools that we have to work with as mobile Correct. developers. Um, and instead of spending a week creating a custom control just so it looks like the design you made in Figma is, it was always the biggest battle. And I've had it so is. many of those conversations where it's like, well, is it really worth a week of my time to create all this custom control UI logic, or could we just change the UI a little bit? And it's always this back and forth. But gosh, now I'm like, I don't have any more excuses. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The design handoff is is it all it has always been
2: something that's complex, and 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 you're being able to do this, you um, kind of put the design and pixel perfectness. Of what you see in your design directly into your app, you know, kind of making all the things you know, uh, aside properly. And you can, you know, for instance, we 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 even export uh, some of the images. We're exporting image. Uh, we're exporting icons. You, have, for instance, the icon, the arrow icon, back at the top. Oh, it's exported that's as an SVG. A, uh, it's a. It's a it's it's well it's it's a it's the same format as SVG, but uh, it's uh it's the XAML path, which kind of is almost the same, <laughs> if you will. So if you know how to read the, uh, SVG, you're going to be able to read that. But uh, yeah, we're exporting things like that. We're exporting. Uh, we're about to export fronts, if I mem- remember correctly. So things like that. So we're we're mapping, we're mapping to styles, we're mapping to uh, you know content here. Uh, you know, even the the variants with regards to you know, uh, using the, uh, uh, the the material theming, uh, you know, binding sizing. So everything like that is uh, is available. You know, and, and that's the, that's the cool part is that you don't have as a developer to to fiddle around with. With pixels, if you will, <laughs> and alignment, yeah, gins right. and things like that—that's that's all taken care of by uh by the exporter.
0: Incredible, yeah. I mean, along with that, uh, same line of thinking—you know, when as a developer, when we're working on the UI, uh, the amount of times you have to uh, enter in some code, run the app, see what it looks like, and then change one or two pixels, run the app, see what it looks like again. Yeah, uh, I've lost days of my life doing that. <laughs> And I'm pretty now sure. This just Give me pixel perfect code. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> uh,
2: and 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 you can you can take that code and paste it into your application. Uh, given that it matches, you know, you have a few things that you can change, like uh you know uh, the default namespaces spaces and things like that. So it, once all of that oh, matches wow. with the application, the, the application that's running, then you can copy and paste the code and iterate on that. You know um, you can iterate from uh visuals from uh, from Figma. If you change something in Figma, export again, paste again. That's the kind of thing that you can do. Um, and and because you have a reload, well, you don't have anything to restart. You just go to the portion of your app that you want to debug or change or alter, and then you iterate on on the updates
0: there.
1: This is it's, insane. My, I uh,
0: feel like I'm running out of excuses for <laughs> <laughs> you know, reasons to push back and try to make my job easier because this this is so incredible. Uh, mm. I mean, we only have a couple minutes left, but yeah, how? How does this work? This feels like magic. <laughs>
2: it's a it's a an amazing team that's working on on the on the whole thing, and uh, uh, we we have a we have you know great customers that are providing amazing feedback. The community as well that is uh, that is using those tools and uh, and giving us uh, great feedback to uh, and new use cases. Uh, that we haven't thought of, and uh, you, know, you, know, oh, I'm using that tool in that context because I'm doing, trying to do that particular scenario, and just that's never, you know, we never thought of that. That's so cool. So we kind of iterate on those issues and 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 uh, and expanding all of, uh, of those scenarios. And and we're we're standing on the shoulders of of giants with regards to the support for everything that's underneath. I mean, .NET's available everywhere. That's that's helping us to do all those things. Um, you know, being able to uh, to run .NET there. Uh, for, for for that code to be available everywhere, I mean, that that's where the magic lies. You know, if well, being able to run .net everywhere. Um, and oh, if if people are asking this, that, that that portion here is the Monaco editor. This is the the, the text editor from VS Code that's integrated into the browser. Uh, so that that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. So we can be having dot, We have a Figma .net, and inside we have um, the VS Code editor. <laughs>
0: Incredible. just putting yeah. putting the JavaScript guys to shame, just doing everything at.NET. <laughs> <in> <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So if, if people want to use
2: uh all of this, you know, and and uh it's uh it's free. We can we, you can go to uh we can go to the get started tier and read our documentation and find your own environment and you'll set up everything that you need. You get all the uh, we, we have extensive documentation about everything. That's probably not covering everything that you want to, but if you have any kind of feedback, we have a lot of a lot of a uh, a lot of uh, developers that are uh, pulling, you know, pushing, um, pushing us PRs to uh, to fix our documentation, and because they're defining edge cases. of you know, the community is amazing, uh, and uh, uh, this is a uh, you know, I see uh, uh, Sasha's pushed post- posting a tutorial for Figma. So if you want to do if you want to do some Figma, there's uh, a lot of resources there. Uh, we get the, we get our workshops that are available to uh, to uh, for the developers that want to to try out Uno. And uh, we have our, our, our new um, uh, Discord channels now. We've got our new Discord server, so uh, everyone's welcome to uh, go and ask questions and uh, participate in the community uh, and have fun with us. That's, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> We're having a lot wow. of fun. Yes, yeah, like, I love it. We, we only have one or two minutes left, Jerome. Uh, I mean, thank you again for, for joining us today. Um, but for folks who want to follow along, obviously there's, uh, platform.uno is the website. That's where you can find the getting started info and definitely check that out. If you're interested in learning more about Uno, um, but where can folks follow along? Um, uh, uh, Twitter, GitHub, where, where should folks subscribe? So they don't miss any more updates about amazing stuff that Uno is working on. Exactly. Yeah. We're on Twitter. We're on the uh, discord. We're on Mastodon. We are on the, uh, you
2: know, <laughs> many places. GitHub. Follow us there. You know, uh. Uh, having a, a lot
0: of fun and is it uno platform on all the different socials on uh, uh well social well i think it, they're available
2: somewhere at the bottom somewhere so and we're on twitter i think we're well, probably Sasha's going to post <laughs> that somewhere <laughs> on the on the on the chat i don't recall where that is but uh, we're definitely available everywhere but i don't have it here so probably somewhere <laughs> at the bottom but uh, on twitter for sure we're there Always yep.
0: on no the platform. Like yep. <laughs> so I confirm, follow Uno <laughs> platform on all the socials, subscribe so you never miss an update. Yes. Uh, so again, Jerome, thanks for, thanks for joining us on the show. I, I wish we had more time. I feel like I just got the, like that scene in the matrix where I just got it uploaded to my brain and <laughs> now there's a whole new world that I didn't realize exists. And it's incredible what you and your team are able to do. Uh, Thank you. Especially... Coming from me as a .NET MAUI developer, a longtime Xamarin MAUI developer, it feels like Uno has more tools than big money Microsoft uh, is able to offer for, for us as on the MAUI side. So I'm very jealous. I'm going to have to start looking into this. Uh, but thank you again for coming and thank you for joining us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're subscribed to the audio podcast, thank you so much. The .NET on AWS show is on every two weeks. So make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and we'll see you in two weeks.